over 35% or approximately one in three women globally face sexual um, or intimate partner violence or non-partner violence or both in their lifetime. 6% of women globally also report um, having been sexually assaulted by someone other than their partner. 70% of women experience gender-based violence uh, in humanitarian or crisis contexts. Hi, I am Valeria Saray. And I am Daniela Seron. And once again, we welcome you to Gender Kaleidoscope, where we talk about gender in its multiple faces and colors. Today's episode is very important because it is a way to commemorate the 25th of November. And if you don't know what we commemorate this date and why do we commemorate it, don't worry. Today, we will have voices from our partners from all over the world that can tell us more about it. My name is Josephine Nanotti and I am a member of Wilf Ghana. On 25th November, we celebrate International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. On that day, we stand together with survivors and other women in creating awareness on the persecution and violence that women face all around the world. My name is Julia. I'm from Lebanon. Uh, we are celebrating on the 25th of November, the International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. What I know about November 25th is November 25th is a day set aside by the United Nations in 1999 to stop violence against women or girls. My name is Lucidia Famule. I work for the Delta Human Rights Foundation in Banka, Bon County. November 25th was set aside in 1999 by the UN as a day that or everyone globally can come together and discuss issues affecting women in our society. Basically, the day is meant for the elimination of all forms of violence against women. Exactly. Since 1999, the 25th of November was declared as the International Day Against Gender-Based Violence in commemoration of the Mirabal Sisters, three activists in the Dominican Republic who were murdered for resisting their authoritarian government in the 1960s. That's right, Daniela. But what is gender-based violence? Does it mean the same across the world? There are many challenges that other women and girls face in peace-building contexts. One is the continuous sexism and the tendency to ignore the views of women. In some cultures, where the girls and women are seen as a silent party, their efforts to bring about peace through mediation and negotiation could be thwarted, resulting in serious consequences. 
So, um, as you know, um, gender-based violence is any type of uh, harmful act that might happen to a person based on their gender. So, uh, basically, the differences this uh, socially ascribed by the society to differentiate between males and females. So, these different types we name five. Sometimes we we even um, Uh, list six types of uh, GBV and all of these types do exist in Lebanon as other countries, unfortunately. Uh, Lebanon has a very specific uh, situation uh, related to the economic crisis, political crisis and the pandemic crisis that affected all communities, specifically women, the most vulnerable women, LGBTQIA, people with disabilities. And this is leading to undermine the rights agenda for these uh, specific groups because of because it's not seen as priority uh, given the crisis context which would uh, raise uh, a flag or alert against uh, losing what we have gained so far. Gender-based violence is referring to violence against women and children, especially physical or sexual violence on women and girls. Gender-based violence specifically to women, girls and people with diverse sexual orientation have been affecting with varieties of forms of violence, including sexual, physical, mental and economic harms imposed in public or private. It also includes threats of violence, coercion and manipulation. Si me matan, si es que me so, gender-based violence is a human rights violation. It has the primary goal of exercising power and restricting the participation of women, girls, and people with non-hegemonic gender identities and sexual orientation in public spaces, deepening like that the injustice and inequality gaps and weakening democracies, right? Um, first, GBV is a matter of democracy and human rights because GBV uh, affects everyone, not only women. And that's why it should it should matters uh, to it should matter sorry to every person uh, in every country I would say. And second, I believe that women's rights are human rights. That's what you and women always uh, advocate for, and I do believe in that. One of the types that we recently have been discussing is the political or or the. Uh, violence against women in politics. So how can we achieve democracy if we still discriminate women in in politics uh, based on their genders? Hello, everyone. I'm Al-Khair from Buirfjad. Uh, happy to be part of this podcast. I think why the gender-based violence is a democracy and human rights issue is because it's a matter of women's complete right. The women are have rights in their own bodies, and they should decide what to do with their bodies, with who want. they want to do whatever they want. So they're not forced to do something that they don't want with their own bodies. This is the human right. This is basic human rights. 
A GPV is a matter of democracy because of the adverse effects that it has on people, predominantly women and girls. It greatly infringes on their freedom of choice, on their ability to make key decisions about their lives, about what they want to do, as they are often subjected to undue pain and suffering by their abusers. And it is certainly a human rights issue because of the adverse effects that it has on people's well-being from people's health physically emotionally psychologically and even the economic impact that it has as in many instances it leaves many women and girls in very difficult positions it leaves communities in very difficult situations and it is deeply embedded on issues of power and control and governments should really be investing resources and money in addressing the structural drive when we look at who the subjects are in the political sphere, we see that most of them are men. That allows us to understand that laws, public policies, ways of thinking in society are in the hands of men. Why do I speak about that? Because democratic spaces are, therefore, disputed. That is why the democratic processes are disputed processes. We need to understand the importance of the insertion of women as a necessary condition in the political and party spaces in dispute. This allows the expansion and diversification of democracy and the direct connection that this has with the conception of human rights. We have a very male-centered idea of human rights. For example, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights has this idea about there is no inequality between the sexes. However, women know it and live it every day in their bodies. After listening all these voices around the world, I believe that governments civil society, you and I, should be a change actor against gender-based violence. But what type of actions should we do? Are there actions that we could join? We have to look at who the women of our countries are, what is the color of those women and their history, so that we can have an intersectional perspective of women, looking at the intersections, the intersectional discriminations such as class, genders, race and ethnicity. We cannot make invisible the components of race and ethnicity in our regions. I believe that these are the most significant challenges. Look at the diversity of our people and the diversity of women in America. I think that there are two pillars where the state or the government and even CSOs uh, should act to uh, fight uh, GBV and change or protect people. I believe there is a big pillar on awareness. Uh, we need to raise awareness on gender, on gender-based violence, all these types, uh, what are the services, how to protect people from uh, GBV and so on. So this part of awareness is very important. We are working on it, but it's not taking in Lebanon a national aspect. I believe that once it's a national uh, matter implemented 
in all areas for everyone in Lebanon in different fields and sectors. The impact will be different and we we can reach everyone in Lebanon in specific. And um, for the second pillar, I would say it should be working on policies and laws. So policy making is very important. This is the work of the government. CSOs, people, policymakers. Um, Generation Equality campaign came together uh, through two Generation Equality fora. It started in Mexico earlier this year and it culminated in Paris uh, at the end of June and beginning of July. And it is the largest, this has been the largest global feminist gathering in 26 years. The Global Acceleration Plan for Gender Equality has commitments uh, or brings together commitment makers from government, from civil society, from international organizations, philanthropies, the private sectors, four into uh, six action coalitions, one of which, and the first one, in fact, is an action coalition on gender-based violence. Um, and this action coalition has set a blueprint with concrete actions for accelerating the, um, uh, well, progress towards the elimination of uh, violence against women and girls. And these concrete actions are in four priorities. The first one is to create enabling policy, legal and resource environments. The second one is to scale up evidence-driven prevention programming. The third one is to scale up comprehensive, accessible and quality services for survivors of gender-based violence, a very important area. And the fourth one, is to enable and empower autonomous girl-led women's rights organizations to exercise their expertise. Everyone needs to act against gender-based violence, including the government agency, civil societies, private sectors, and all Cambodian citizens. Together, need to stand up and fight against and eliminate all forms uh, against with uh, gender-based violence in our community and as well as in our country. For the second question, to contribute to the prevention and respond to violence against women, children and diverse sexual orientation in Cambodia effectively, systematically and accountability, the government should following with five strategies. Strategy, large. Uh, the first one, providing of services. The second, province prevention and the next legal protection, institution support and coordination and the last research and evidence. Um, the action that the government should do against gender-based violence is to put sanctions to punish actors of gender-based violence starting by the highest position in the, in the government to the lowest one even if it's the military themselves the government should punish everyone at the same level and make it very effective gender-based violence is a global issue and even if it affects mostly women and girls, it is everyone's business to act against it and prevent it from happening. 
This has been Gender Kaleidoscope, a space to shift how we reflect and understand gender on its many and diverse experiences around the world. You can find in the description of this episode the information related to the clips that you have heard during the program. This podcast was produced by FirmSafe with Daniela Ceron and Valeria Saray as your hostesses and Carlos Cárdenas and Juliana Torres with their invaluable post-production work. Until next time.